0: Welcome to Newest Latest Best, the quick daily show to keep you in the know with all of the newest information, latest releases, and the very best that games have to offer. I'm Jeff Kanata, and today is Thursday, July 20th, 2017. (laughs) (laughs) Nintendo released the NES Classic Edition last year. The Super Nintendo Classic Edition comes out this fall. Can we assume that a Classic Edition of the Nintendo 64 is on its way as well? Well, maybe we don't have to assume. There seems to be evidence to that fact. Uh, Somebody discovered this morning that Nintendo has filed trademarks... Graphical trademarks, that is, for uh, several images. Simplified black and white line drawings of their classic controllers. Uh, One they filed a while back for the classic NES controller. And then one was filed for the Super Nintendo controller. And now one has been filed that looks exactly like the Nintendo 64 controller. Which leads people, at least on GAF, to believe that That's the first step in creating the Nintendo 64 Classic Edition release. How do you guys feel about this? you want to see it happen? Uh, I certainly think that uh, Super Nintendo Classic is going to crush when it's finally released this September. And the Nintendo 64 has a lot of awesome games on it. Uh, Super Mario 64, of course, the launch title, a groundbreaking 3D platformer for its time, Donkey Kong 64, Mario Kart 64, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, which of course has been re-released over and over and over again on various platforms. No shortage of ways to play that game, but a classic edition could be cool. Star Fox 64, Perfect Dark, Golden Eye, Banjo-Tooie. Conker's Bad Fur Day, Uh, their list goes on and on and on. A lot of groundbreaking 3D games for its time. Could be a cool thing to see them release this classic edition. Is it something you guys would be excited about? Is it just the next logical progression? Are we going to get the GameCube classic edition? Man, I'd be into that. Nintendo's certainly mining their nostalgia for uh, a lot of rewards. And I guess this would lead you to believe that virtual console on Switch is farther and farther away. I think it could be cool. I have no doubt that Super Nintendo Classic is going to do gangbusters business and is going to delight a lot of people. So I think all of us would prefer to see the virtual console on Switch uh, arrive in a robust way, but in absence of that, it's pretty cool. Time to answer some call-ins now. The first one comes from John. John who's got a whole list of questions for me, and I'll try to hit them all. Hi, Jeff. John from England here. Just got a few uh, quick questions. Uh, What was your game before Heroes of the Storm? Uh, Have you ever recommended a game and then uh, later regretted it? And what what impact do you think uh, critics have on uh, a game's success? And is it, is it more or less now than it has been in the past? And what about compared to other media? For instance, um, could a bad film, badly reviewed film, uh, have better uh, commercial success than a badly reviewed game could perhaps? Uh, thanks. I love all your work. Thank you. Hi, John. Thanks for the call-in, and thanks for all of the interesting questions. I'll try to hit them in order. So the first one was, what was my game before Heroes of the Storm? I'm not sure I've ever been in love with a game as much as I'm in love with Heroes of the Storm, and it's hard for me to remember uh, a time before that game. It's been, what, three years now that I've been playing? Two years, I guess? I've been playing Heroes of the Storm uh, avidly every day. And I guess the spirit of your question is, what was that game that hooked me and was a daily play kind of uh, addiction before that game? I mean, when I was uh, in college, uh, I got into RTSs, and StarCraft was was a big one that I would play a lot of. I, I had a buddy who would play a lot of that game. The two of us played together. And, you know, I've been cyclical on on games i got really into mmos and i guess the game before heroes of the storm is another blizzard game i mean i'm only talking blizzard games right starcraft world of warcraft was that game that was sort of a daily play game uh but that game has sort of ebbed and flowed right It, it, it has times of of waning and then i'll return to it when a big new expansion comes out and i'll play it for months and months and months and then at a certain point i'll go ah i can't keep going with this monthly fee i gotta cancel this and do other things So I guess it's been a lot of Blizzard games. I'm kind of a Blizzard fanboy, I suppose. But they do make very high-quality games and games that hold my interest over long stretches. They're games that have that addictive quality, and they're also games that tend not to have an end, which is very dangerous. I mean, I've, I've been into games... Uh, heavier and deeper for short periods of time because there's games I fall deeply and madly in love with, but those games tend to have ends <laughs> and I stop. Uh, so it tends to be it tends to be Blizzard games with me, and I, I'm not going to apologize for it. Love their games. Second question is: uh, Is there ever been a game that I've recommended and regretted it? I suppose that's the case. I, I the one that comes to mind is how I've often gone bonkers for. Bethesda games, specifically their last two major RPG releases Fallout 4 and Skyrim and I've played them early usually and played uh, many 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 hours of them and been completely over head over heels because I love those kinds of games and then once they hit release see a lot of technical stuff that people run into that I didn't experience or even if I did experience a, a tiny portion of them I didn't put enough emphasis on it in the things that I said about the game as I was reviewing it so I've had some regret about giving full-throated praise to Bethesda games and then come to find out that a lot of them have glitches and technical issues that people ran into on specific platforms maybe that I didn't even play the game on uh, and I feel like I didn't do my job well enough to uh, warn people about those potential pitfalls so some regret there but ultimately the quality of those games stands the test of time, and, and I think uh, I'm happy that I praised them because I still do love them very much. Your critics' question, uh, I think, is a complex one. I'm not entirely certain that critics can determine the success or failure of games, and I certainly believe when you compare them, as you did in your question, to other forms of media, I think a film, for example, is liable to be a much bigger financial success based 0% on its quality level. I think in video games, the best stuff seems to also be the most successful stuff. And that's one of the reasons I love the hobby so much. The best games rise to the top. And I think what you find is people talk about the best games and critics help amplify that talk. Critics who play a lot of games and get a chance to play a lot of those games are able to point people to the best stuff and kind of point out the stuff that that isn't the best. Um, So I suppose there is some impact there. I think the impact of a review is often overblown. People make way too much hay out of what's an eight and what's a nine and what's a seven. I don't think that really matters. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have their buying patterns influenced by those things, but I think it's Way, way, way overblown. And I think generally speaking, in contrast to films, the best video games are also the most highly rated video games are also the most successful video games. It's very rarely that you get something like a Transformers movie that makes a billion dollars and is also garbage in the video game realm. So I think that's heartening. I think that's a positive thing. I think that encourages game developers to make good stuff. I'll leave you today with a call-in from Martin. This is uh, his recommendation of a game that he absolutely loves, one of his favorite first-person shooters. And I recommend if you guys have a game you're playing that I may not know about or I haven't talked about enough, please don't hesitate to send me a call-in. I'd love to hear more recommendations of more diverse games. I only have so much time. I can't play every single thing, but I think... It would be great if listeners shared games with each other and uh, allow the show to be the conduit through which you guys communicate to each other and share really cool games with me and your fellow listeners. So don't hesitate to send me a call and let me know what you're playing, what you're digging, maybe highlight a game I may not have given enough time to or uh, I might not know about at all. You can always download that Anchor app and press the record button and send me a call in. it's very, very easy. And now here's Martin, who did just that, and telling me about a game he loves called Onward. Onward, which I consider to be the best first-person shooter of 2016, which was a fantastic year for first-person shooters, and yet Onward stands head and shoulders above its peers, in my opinion, has already gotten a big update a few days ago that has added a co-op mode. A co-op versus AI mode called Operations Operations will allow you to team up with up to five of your friends and will pit players against opponents of customizable difficulty and numbers. Currently there are two game modes, Hunt and Defend. Too few people I think are talking about this game, it is one of the best first-person shooters that I have ever played. So if you happen to have missed it, uh, give it a shot, I love this game, I think it deserves more attention and a co-op multiplayer mode is a super cool addition.